0: The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends.
1: Last week on Power of the Word. Friendships are, are, are sacred to the point when we bring them to us, we need to show the honor that would go with it. And you can't give your heart away too quickly. That's what he's talking about indiscriminately. To be a friend without testing, Trying, proving a relationship will cause you heartache. You can't trust before it's time. Don't tell your secrets to a gossip. You get what I'm saying? The Bible says a a whisperer separates chief friends. You tell people things that they are not entitled to know, they shouldn't know, and they can hurt you with it.
0: If your whole life could be summed up in just one verse of the Bible, would you want to know what that verse is? In this stirring message, Dr. Ed King dives into a deep revelation of Philippians 4.13. There's significant meaning found in each and every word, all of which applies to your life and purpose. To receive this message as a downloadable MP3 for $3 or on CD for $7, please visit us at poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. Discover all that God has for you the destiny he has in store, and how you can tap into it with this one verse.
1: Communication for every person takes place on three levels. We have physical communication. We talk, we see, we shake hands, we embrace. We have physical communication. We have another level of communication that's in the soulish realm, which is your mind, your emotions, your will, your intellect. That's the soulish part of man. And then there's a spirit level of communication. That's what Paul was talking about. He said, I know no man after the flesh. Now he could see the flesh. And he wasn't diminishing that or he wasn't talking about it as if it wasn't real. What he was saying, he said, my knowledge of a person has to be at another level before I can trust it, before I can relate to it. So relationships then if we understand that, should be from the inside out, not the outside in. If they're going to work. Because there can be people who look good on the outside, and they're even smart and intelligent. And they can even titillate your senses because of their knowledge and the way they present themselves and their articulation and their skills of communication and all those things. They can do all that. But if the Spirit's wrong, it's wrong. And it obviously starts with the new birth. If a person is not born again, there's obviously for a Christian going to be a violation on the front end. That's where the core of it starts. If you don't love Jesus Christ, you and I are going to have some problems. That's just the way it is. However, you can love jesus christ but if we got some real doctrinal differences there's still going to be some problems you know the bible says to not be unequally yoked together talking about marriage with someone who doesn't share your beliefs you say well that's just a person who's lost we're not supposed to marry lost but that's true for sure that's true. But I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't marry somebody who wasn't spirit-filled and wasn't happy that I am spirit-filled. Because, yeah. I mean, you're just buying yourself trouble on the front end. Why are you going to buy yourself that much trouble on the front end? Marriage has got enough challenges of its own. I mean, I'm working on Nora, and I'm telling you, it's been going on a long time. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so uh, we judge relationships based on a level that's deeper than just what we see or the intellectual part of it. Or I like them because they're witty, or they're, you know, they got a charisma. There's a more. There's more depth to it than that. Now you can you can be fooled a little bit for a little while, but you're going to eventually get down to where you begin to see it. Amen. Now it's interesting, and this is an interesting scripture right here in relationship. To I knowing no man after the flesh, but knowing him after the spirit. In First Corinthians chapter two, uh, you, you, I want you to listen to this. Just, just listen. Uh, Verse 13, he said, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In other words, the comparison that you have to do to evaluate relationships is spirit to spirit. Combine, comparing spirit to spirit. All right? Say spirit to spirit. spirit. Not mind to mind or flesh to flesh those are important things i mean you you i mean you a guy sees a good looking gal walking down the street he doesn't say wow she's really spiritual <laughs> <laughs> there is something else at work here and it is not spiritual things <laughs> you get what i'm saying so the things that draw us together initially are pretty external So here, heard a story about this real pretty uh, young woman working behind the counter in a in a store, and they are talking about the <laughs> the changes that can happen with various levels of involvement. And so she's real pretty, attractive, you know, easy on the eye, and uh, her. Her, her statement to the person who was making the purchase was when they bought it, you want me to put it in a poke for you? <laughs> Pretty just left. <laughs> you get what I'm talking about? See, so we went from physical to Mental you got to get through those two before you get to spirit. So they're important, but they're not the final judge. My God, this is good stuff. You need this so badly. I mean, it's just so important. I'm telling you the truth. Now let's read on. He said, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit. So he's saying what we see on the outside is not necessarily a reflection of what's in the heart. At all, he said, for they are foolishness unto him; neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And so, as you go deeper in a relationship, there comes this thing called discernment, and you begin to perceive we can't walk together. Past the first two tests, we got past the physical. There's enough attraction there. We we got past the next test, the mental, the mo you know that that you can pass that test. But then you're gonna get down to discernment. And that's how you have to base I'm talking about friends. And I'm talking about who's worthy of friendship. And I'm talking about how you build friendships you can trust and rely on. And they're not that common. This is more important than you think it is. Believe me. I have never heard this taught by anybody. I didn't get this off somebody's tape. I got that out of life living my experiences and knowing the book. Amen. They are spiritually discerned, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things yet he himself is judged of no man. Now let me read that 15th verse out of the Amplified Classic. I want you to get this. But the spiritual man tries all things. He examines, investigates, inquires into, questions, and discerns all things. Yet he is himself to be put on trial in judgment by no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly discern or appraise or get an insight into Him. Now, I have had over the years many, many experiences. I had one lady (laughs) that she seemed to have this, she implied, and she wrote me notes to let me know that she was with me in my prayer closet. Oh, yeah. I thought, I didn't see her. (laughs) But see, she was implying to me that she was so spiritually close to me that she really was with me in my prayer closet. And she knew what I was praying. She knew what I was thinking. And she knew me at that level. Wait a minute. This verse of Scripture Let's read it again, the latter part. He said, and he is judged by no man, no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly discern or appraise or get insight into him. See, God protects the man of God and the woman of God to the point, he doesn't give anybody that kind of access. So if you say you got it, you told a to lie. Well, I had a dream about you, and God showed me. He showed me you weren't living right, Pastor. Really? Hmm. That's not what that says. He said God does not give you access to the inside or the spirit of a man or woman of God. What you think you know is your suspicion lying to you. And you think you're more spiritual than you are. I just hope you're smart enough not to tell it to others. And I hope they're smart enough to see you for who your lying self really is. Because that's not true. You say, Well, have you had these experiences? You do this 40 something years and you've had everything. I mean, people told me they were flying in my bedroom. Well, you think I'm just making it up? I'm not. Well, God took me out of my body and I flew into your bedroom. Well, get out! <laughs> Don't you know I got bedhead? I mean, get out of my bedroom. <laughs> but you see, I mean people, I'm telling you the truth, folks. people are nuts) <laughs> And and, and to see scripturally, well, I had a dream about you. You did? Well, let me see about that one. Ecclesiastes 5, 7, King James Version. For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there is also diverse vanities, but fear they are God. Let's see the easy-to-read version. That ought to work for a bonehead. The, you have to use the easy-to-read version for some people. You should not let your useless dreams in bragging bring you trouble. You should respect God. Well, I had a dream about you. We'll keep it to yourself. Okay. Young's literal translation says it this way. For in the abundance of dreams, both vanities and words abound. Both vanities and words abound. I had a dream about you. Let me me share what God showed me about you in my dream. Really? Abundant vanities in that dream world. Hmm. And words abound, but fear thou God. Now listen to it out of the common English Bible. Remember when dreams multiply, so do pointless thoughts and excessive speech. Therefore, fear God. Be careful what you dream and be more careful what you say about what you dream. Now I think that God can give you a dream about somebody. And it may be in the form of prayer. Well, God, I saw somebody, they were in a car accident. Well, if you see somebody in a car accident, it's not God telling you it's going to happen. It's God telling you to pray it doesn't happen.
2: Barbara's prayers were answered when her husband, Julius, came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior while watching the power of the word broadcast. Sadly, Julius passed away soon after. But Barbara is at peace knowing that he made Jesus his Lord and Savior and that soon they'll be reunited in heaven. Hi, I'm Carly. I'm the producer here at The Power of the Word, and we often hear of individuals coming to know Jesus as their Lord and strengthening their relationship with Him through our broadcast. God is doing incredible things in this ministry, and it is all made possible by our faithful monthly partners. We truly, truly cherish your partnership. I wanna ask you today if you would consider becoming a monthly partner with us. When you partner with a ministry like Power of the Word, the blessing on that ministry comes into your life as well. Becoming a partner is very simple. Just go to poweroftheword.com partner. Call us at 1-800-956-4433 or text give to 865-978-6380. From all of us here at Power of the Word, thank you for your partnership
1: proverbs one i won't read all this just for time's sake but talking about friendships and relationships and in, in verse 10 it says my son if sinners entice they consent thou not so he's talking about friendships you get in the wrong relationship they'll they'll try to convince you to do something you shouldn't do if a sinner tries to entice you consent thou not don't do what they do Remember, your friendships are going to determine where you go. He said in verse 15, My son, walk not down the way with them and refrain thy foot from their path. So if the wrong relationships come into your life, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Don't, don't, don't participate in them. Amen? I said, Amen? And so, uh, you know, sometimes friendships, you get betrayed in friendships. We talked about that a little bit <clears throat> as Psalms 109. <clears throat> gives great insight into Judas and his betrayal of Jesus and what God thought about that betrayal. And even when I preached that to you, and I, I, I really didn't even intend to bring that up, that was one of those spontaneous teachings or sermons, if you will, that came from the Lord. But, but betrayal is one of those ugly things in Scripture that God looks at in some real ugly ways. Amen? I said Amen. Amen. But you see in Psalms 55, and this is talking about David, and he was dealing with betrayal. Now see, sometimes friendships end up in betrayal. A whisperer, separated, chief friends. People who gossip are not worthy of relationship. People who talk too much are not worthy of relationship. Now remember, you can have that two-level, two-tier relationship. You know, with your co-workers, that's probably all you do have. But if you're going to have that third tier relationship, remember, spirit to spirit, discernment, see, these are things that come into play. And if you're going to have that genuine quality friendship, it's got to pass all three. It can't just pass Two. Amen. But David, I mean, he had been betrayed, and he said in verse 13 of Psalms 55, he said, but it was, it was thou a man mine equal, my God and mine acquaintance. So it was somebody that he had put some confidence in and was disappointed at how it went. Amen. Verse 14, we took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. Church folk. Hmm. What about that? So he got betrayed by somebody in church. Well, I'm not going back to church. I got hurt in church. Well, grow up. Because anybody that's been to church got hurt in church. But that's not the only place you'll get hurt in life. So if you're going to live life, quit making excuses for your touchy self. And go on and take some risk and live some life people are going to disappoint you. And some of the reasons they do is because they're immature. They're not grown up enough and maybe they don't know how. That's why I'm teaching this stuff. Because a lot of things people just don't know. They don't know how to do it. And they need somebody to help them understand it. So I looked in the mirror and said, I don't see anybody else. Why don't I do it? So here I is. (laughs) Amen. And, um, you know, David went through some things. He said, you know, he, he gave you the closeness of the relationships. and um, But it says in verse number 20, he said, He has put forth his hand against such as be at peace with him, and he has broken his covenant. Now, we talked about that. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many die before their time prematurely. In First Corinthians 11, we talked about that. And the reason is because of broken covenant with the body. Right there. That's what David was talking about. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. And so, you, you know, just because somebody's supposed to be spiritual doesn't necessarily mean they are. That's why we have to use discernment. And because somebody says, I'm a Christian, somebody says, I'm worthy of your trust. The more a person says, trust me, the least likely they're worthy of it. Trust is earned, not demanded. And that's the only way it's given. You have to prove yourself to be trustworthy. Trustworthy before you should be trusted. And when you get tested and prove you've failed, repent, pick, up, pick it up, and go on. But sometimes you damage relationships to the point they cannot be restored. A brother offended is harder to be won than taking a city. You break that covenant, you probably will never get it back. That's why you better cherish it and hold it and protect it. Well, God is the God of the second chance. It's like Dr. Sumrall told me, he said, you better take good care of the first chance. Amen. This is serious stuff, guys, but it's how friendships work. And without understanding it, you know, we don't know men after the flesh. We don't know them after their intellect. We know them after the spirit. And it takes time to discern. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here humming, and I'm discerning you. No, you're not. You're being stupid again. That's when somebody, you know, it's like going to the karaoke bar. And you, you, you ever been in a hotel, I don't go in the bars, but I mean, you ever been to a place where the karaoke's going on and you, and you hear them in there and you're thinking, somebody ought to tell them. <laughs> no, no, you had one too many. Put the mic down. Amen. Well, discernment comes by experience. It doesn't come by, mm, God showed me, mm. See, that's what, they, that's what that passage was, is, is we saw Jesus and didn't recognize him. It took time for us to get it. So just because you look at somebody and have that mm, feeling, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about God giving you things that you see in your spirit and you begin to know. And you know trust is there or it's not. If everybody knew this before they got married we'd have a lot less divorce. No joke. Amen. But guys, this is for Christians. This is not for the world. They don't even have the availability of this. They don't even have the Holy Spirit in them. How are they going to discern anything? They're just on their own. Just hit their head against a wall and start again and hit another wall. But God did not tell us to walk like that. We got more than that going on inside us. Amen. You know, so many times we think about God in this elusive far off, never can find him, place out in the eons of forever out there somewhere. But the whole concept of God who sent his son to be one of us, that he could receive us to himself, that's the salvation message. That's what Jesus did at Calvary. Some have said God's all-inclusive, he needs nothing from anyone, and certainly that would be true. He's not gonna go hungry, he's certainly not broke. We don't mean it that way. But there was something lacking in God that could only be fulfilled by a relationship with his creation, his man, people. God wants us to come into a relationship with him to be friends of God not just afraid of Him, not just in awe of Him. We are, we are fearful in a respectful way. We are awestruck by His ma- majesty, but God wants to bring us into a friend relationship, which is one of the most awesome things that we could ever think of. Almost it seems too good to be true that He would invite us in, but He does. And that's the amazing thing. And that's what Jesus went to Calvary for, to give us entrance to the Father, to give us a relationship that we could be close to Him. To be a friend of God is the greatest invitation that anybody has ever been given, and He offers it to each of us. You can receive that right now by praying a simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin, Satan, I don't serve you. Jesus, I make you and only you the Lord of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer, that's the entrance into a friendship with God. That friendship is developed in time through scripture, through prayer, through fellowship. God bless you. Enjoy being with you. Look forward to our next time together.
0: We hope you've been blessed by today's teaching. If you would like to receive this message by Dr. Ed King as an MP3 or CD for a gift of any amount, please visit us at poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. Let the truths found in this message take hold in your life. Request your copy today.